RPG for You and Me presents a special Patreon miniseries. Welcome to Silica Valley. Flashlight. Is there someone else down here? Might be the uh, custodian, you know, the guy who cleans up down here. I'm surprised he still has his job. You're worried about that. Uh, let's uh, let's um, see if we can maybe uh, not uh, bother him tonight while he's working. You know, he's probably real busy. Hmm. I'm just wondering why... Like, we found a lot of really cool stuff, and obviously I'm all for this trip, but I don't see why Alaricorp would have pegged this place as a viable search area. I haven't really spotted what I think. I don't know. I thought there'd be something more. Yeah, I was just wondering what you were, I mean, you're kind of vague on uh, what you were looking for, per se. And we got that one floor left underneath. Well, I don't, sometimes, you know, you can't verify a spot. I don't think they actually came in, but it was a, a place of interest, so I want to see why. I don't think it was this fake mustache, though it is very good. I like it. And as you guys are talking, this uh, this light continues uh, occasionally spiraling back. It's always in the same spot. It always just kind of flickers and then disappears again. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'd like to try and see if I can spot the source. Yeah, can we be stealthy? Yeah, sneak up, see what we can see. Yeah, go ahead and uh, roll me a notice. The most rolled thing this entire session. As is customary. Not for me. Got three. I'm going to spend a Benny because you gave me so many. That's better. I got a 10. A 10. Success with a raise. Set from where you guys are in the store, you can tell that the tempo of the light is pretty steady. And it's a small enough beam that it's probably not a flashlight. It looks like it's coming from deeper within the mall like it's bouncing up the corridor off of something reflective okay yeah i'll I'll relay that oh actually now that i think about it it's kind of hitting a more of like a mechanical tempo like it's i don't think it's actually a flashlight huh well what would still be working down here it's been buried for so long yeah i don't i don't know um maybe something that turns on when uh people are around Movement mm. is going on. There might be some more solar laps riding around down there. I wonder if anything's solar powered here. I mean, it's buried unless some of it on top is in. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, we can continue forward and see what's, what's down that way. So as you guys begin to push to the lowest depths of the mall, you reach a staircase Portions of it are separated into individual sets of stairs with railings of torn rubber. The stairs themselves appear slotted and vanish into the floor itself like water into a wave. It appears that there were probably many additional shop fronts lighting this section's walls, but small collapses have caved them in, piled in rock and sand. A set, you notice that the light that had been glinting up is reverberating off of, looks like a piece of smashed glass, maybe like a mirror fragment 
at the end of this hallway at the top of yet another set of stairs. And as you guys get down to this set of stairs, you can round the corner a little bit and you encounter the first natural light that you've seen since being down here. A ray of sunlight cuts through all the darkness, shining down like a beacon onto a golden statue that radiates rainbow-hued lights like a disco ball. Occasionally, a small drift of sand streams down from above, causing the light to flicker and pulse against the shadowed backdrop, and you notice that that is most likely what is causing the fluctuation. The area is wide and circular, and the statue is poised in the center. It sits atop a pedestal surrounded by a rim of stone several feet off the ground, and the statue itself is of a stately-looking Ignean Karnak that has a large frill starting on his back and running down to his tail. The frill is adorned with small crystalline bits that shimmer like winking stars. He's dressed in fine robes that split at the back to make room for his frill, and bound at the waist like a tunic, with a strand cast over his arm like a toga, and he has one ring-adorned hand held up in what could either be a wave or a benediction. In that stone basin beneath the statue, you see one or two of those rodent heads pop up briefly before popping back down. Mm. But yeah, this... Is there a, a placard down there? What kind of placard? Something that would like, like an, it would have like, uh, you know, at the foot of a statue, there'll be like a placard that says what this statue is. Or oh yeah, is. there definitely would be something like that, but I don't think he can make it out from here. Oh, definitely not. It seems like I am tempted to sate my curiosity. I'm not here to tell you what to do. Oh, I know you're definitely not. <laughs> I want to know, but I am going to throw caution to the wind. I'm going to continue forward and see if I could figure out what's going on with this statue. Okay. Did Sia see any of these the heads popping up? Yeah, I think you both can at this point. You know, you've, you know that these creatures are here and the the circular area, it really is just this statue in the middle. All the, the shop fronts that would be maybe ringing this area are buried in rock and stone. So it is, it is just the statue and maybe there's a, a small area off to the right that you can't really see from this angle. She's going to get her psyology to work. She's going to start summoning up a smite. She doesn't want to hurt animals without cause, but sure. you never know. Yeah, I She's very concerned about the amount of heads she's seeing. You saw two down there. When Still you more than she's wanting to see. I understand. She's done with them now. She got what she needed. <laughs> so uh, what are you doing with your psyology? So it's all pretty much, it's administered through her tail when it's not being used on herself. Okay. Because it's got the stinger on the end like a scorpion, but she's getting smite ready. To cast on set? Yeah. Okay. Just in case. Uh, it never hurts to be cautious. Let me just say, we're talking about mechanics versus effect here. The mechanics of psyology, like the penalty is you cannot cast any beneficial ability on your friend until you have it prepared beforehand. So the intention is you're not supposed to be able to do it during combat. So if you want to flavor it like you spend a minute preparing to use it on him and then do, that's fine. That's kind of what I was going for. Okay. Conceptually, the intention is that it's a consumable item that is then used to create the effect. Maybe you're putting your poison into a vial or something. Yeah, that's can, fine. All right. What is the effect of your smite? What does it visually look like for you when you use it? How does it improve the damage of something? If it's from her tail, it's probably just like straight poison. Okay. So if he like pours it over his spear tip or something. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So yeah, you can uh, you can create a, a distillate or like a salve that he could spread onto his uh, equipment. She just futzing with her tail, <laughs> clinking a vial on it. Go ahead and uh, roll for it. 
I would love to. You miss and hit me in the eye. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's an eight. An eight is a raise. So which you'll I... get plus four on your your spear damage. Dang, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> We've got your poison spear now, uh, and you can definitely head down the stairs towards the statue if that is your desire. Yeah, I'm going to start moving that way. Cautiously start, keep an eye on for any more uh, heads popping up out of the ground and move towards the placard. You definitely see the two bobbing up and down behind that little stone wall beneath the statue. As you're approaching, because you're keeping your eyes open, I don't think there's any chance that you're going to be caught by surprise or anything. So I think this is just going to be the start of initiative as you approach these creatures, which you know to be territorial and hostile. I do have that candy, though. Well, what's your plan? Plan is to uh, maybe see if I can throw some candy out to see if I could, you know, bait them to eat candy instead of kill me gotcha okay i think that would probably f is there there's in like an animal handling skill isn't there oh there, that would be that's probably like riding i'd say you can use survival for this it seems appropriate okay i'm, I'm gonna say okay. this is gonna be a survival contested by their smarts does that seem fair that seems totally fair they have a d6 animal smarts so i uh blew up uh on my wild die uh, and that comes out to an eight plus one with the survival knife, but I'm okay not adding that bonus because it's a survival knife and I'm trying to throw candy at snake <laughs> cats. Yeah, if, if you have a, a way that you could rope that in, I'd be willing to hear it, but I would say by default, I'm not sure how that would apply here. <laughs> Makes yeah. a little shit. Yeah, I'm just saying it's candy. like, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Uses candy? it to cut the Twizzlers. <laughs> yeah, like I, I stab the candy and like reach out with the knife <laughs> pointing it at him. No, no, uh, yeah, I'm fine with not counting that. Okay, then let me go ahead and roll the d6. Uh, I got a five. I will spend one GM Benny to try to re-roll this. I got a three, so that's not gonna work. What do you do, you just toss the candy to the side to try to get him to go for it? Yeah, yeah, I'll start like tossing candy further and further away too. Okay, like, yeah, I think- so I'll toss a little bit and see if they go for it, and then I'll toss like maybe a little bit more off uh, past them. Okay, you're able to lure over the two that are kind of actively watching you as you get closer you hear their rattles start to go and they bare their teeth and these tiny little hisses but you're able to toss candy to successfully lure them a little bit away from their nest as you're approaching i will tell you that there are two that are lying in wait for you so oh, no. when, you, when you get to a certain point they're going to jump out and that's going to be the start of initiative but you okay. luring the other two further away means they are going to start at a further distance and probably be preoccupied for a little bit of time. So that's going to split their attention here. And as I get closer, I notice there's definitely a nest. Yeah. I'll tell you what you're looking at right here is a fountain. You know, there's a lip mm -hmm. of stone and they have their nest on the inside of the fountain. And then the statue is sitting atop the fountain. As you get closer, you can read the placard and it says Gary Glitter Scale. Oh, man. <laughs> And that's that's when uh, we're going to draw some initiative here. Would you like for me to draw set first? Yeah, sure. Sure. Set, you have a king of clubs. Holy shit. Sia, you get a two of hearts. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> and uh, these creatures are going to have a ten of hearts. 
Are you good with your two of hearts? Yeah. Okay. I'm cool. All right, set. So as you're advancing forward, because you know these creatures and what they're capable of, you know they're near their nest, and you're probably prepared for them to leap out of the ground, which is exactly what happens. But you are prepared, and you get to go first. These creatures appear out of the ground in midair coming towards you, and they have phased out of the floor. What would you like to do? Let's say there's one on your left and one on your right. I want to pull the sand down into a sandstorm around me. Make it so that they can't easily target me, hopefully. So you're using uh, your darkness power? Yeah, yeah, I'll use sandstorm. Okay, cool. Go ahead and cast that. Oh, sand cloud. I'm using sand cloud. Casting is a D8. Essence. I blew up a D8. Very cool. To a 12 total. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a success with a raise. So that means uh, it's a minus six penalty for sight. Mm-hmm. That means also because my static sense only gives me a four, I'm suffering a minus two. Gotcha. So it, it includes you in the penalties? Yeah, I didn't use a point to exclude myself. Okay, gotcha. Well, I think these creatures have some level of low light vision, but they do not have infravision. Mm -hmm. So that will definitely be to your benefit. I didn't cover this before. You guys have definitely been down here for at least an hour, so you can recover one hour's worth of your power points. If you wanted to extend your dark vision, I'm fine with you just paying the two points to renew it or whatever. I'm not going to nickel and dime that. Yeah, yeah. I'll spend the two points to keep this going. What does it look like when you call your sandstorm up? So I'm going to reach into my pocket, one of the pouches on my uh, belt, pull out some sand. As it's falling out of my hand again, I'm going to like throw that into the air. And then that's going to pull the ambient sand in the area around and up and towards and start swirling around into the environment around us. See it. You're still at the top of the stairs, I presume. Or did you go I down? Think with I should her? have followed. She's standing a few paces behind. Has not realized any kind of combat has started because she's taking a picture of the statue. <laughs> <laughs> you God. just hear. That's fun. So I want to reach in, swirl up that, and then grab uh, both hands onto my my spear. Excellent. Next up is going to be the two surlaps that are attacking you. So they converge on you at the same time. They're going to get a plus one to their gang up bonus because there are two of them. They have a D6 fighting. D6 number one plus one is a, it's a one plus a one is a two. So that's a fail. The other one is a three plus a one, which is a four. It, what's your parry? My parry with my spear wielded the way it is, is a six. Okay, so they they do not hit you well enough to have anything happen here. And your minus six included, of course. Oh, yeah. Down, down to a minus four on theirs. So you pull up the sandstorm as they're diving to you, and it just sweeps through them, and they find that they're in the middle of this darkness with no idea where anything is, and you can feel them shifting and slithering around you and making this high-pitched squeaking noise that's part snarl, part hiss. And you can feel them moving around you, but nothing lands. And uh, that is their turn. And I think you know for sure that several of them chase the candy. So there's <laughs> two that went after the candy and two that are on you right now. Well done. Sia, it's your turn. I'd like to use my adventure card. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's your adventure card? My adventure card is Get Savage. Your character gains the benefit of any one edge, regardless of requirements for the rest of this encounter. Holy shit. The text is, I have no idea how I did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great card. Any one edge, not even a combat edge. Yeah, well, any it's, it's one an edge. encounter, but yeah. Okay, cool. What do you want? I want Beastmaster. <laughs> what? Get the fuck out of here. Okay, read it. 
Animals take to your hero quickly and easily. They won't attack him unless he attacks them first or if they're enraged for some reason. The Beastmaster's animal magnetism is so great, he's attracted a loyal animal of some sort as well. This is typically an animal of size zero or smaller, subject to the GM's approval. The beast is an extra and doesn't advance in rank or abilities. If a pet is dismissed or killed, the hero gains a replacement in 1d4 days. Okay, you can have Beastmaster. What do you want to do with yes, that? I want one of the friendly ones. It was eating candy to fight for us or convince its friends that we're chill. Do you think it's the one you stabbed with the syringe? <laughs> she's like, she's weird, but she's cool. Hmm. I don't think you're going to convince it to fight its own fellows. I'm just going to break them out into a separate initiative turn then. I mean, they can go on my turn if it's easier. That's true. You're trying to have him stop his friends from hurting you guys. Yeah, peacekeeping. Okay, then it's gonna be that creature rolling against the other ones. Yeah. So do you wanna do you wanna roll its spirit against <laughs> yes, their smarts? Maybe. <laughs> What's its spirit? Oh geez, let me find out. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever done. In Savage That's a D6 spirit against a D6 smarts. Okay. Oh, but he's an extra, so he doesn't get a wild wild Correct. die. I rolled a four. <laughs> <laughs> Rule of two. Does he have any bennies? He wouldn't. He's an extra. He's an extra now. Uh, if you want to spend your benny, I'll, I'll allow that as part of this adventure card. I would like to Even do that. Even though normally yep. you can't do that without that other edge. Comma bond? Or, well, there's or that beast one. bond. Beast bond as well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Come on, little buddy. Four. I also got a four, so I think that's a success. And I think what that means is, um, will you tell me, how do you form this bond with the, the one that you skewered earlier? She sees the ones that are advancing and she sees the one because she recognized it had some mange on its face. And she's like, you, <laughs> points at it. And it's like, me? <laughs> Remembered that like, she didn't harm it unduly. It was a prick wasn't great, but didn't like grab it or anything, didn't trap it, let it go about its business, and maybe it doesn't want to get jabbed again. Okay, so it's one of the two that are on set right now? I don't know. I don't know where it would have been. I'm going to say it It can't be one of those because they're covered in the, the sand cloud. Okay, well, it, they already. we already know this This guy has a taste for candy. Right. So, so probably the distracted candy. Yeah, one. how about it's one of the candy ones? And so he's over there eating candy and mm -hmm. looks over at you and sees you and does one of those like meerkat head turns and then looks to its fellow who's also eating candy with it and makes like a couple of... <laughs> and then they start chirping at each other and keep eating candy. I did it. Excellent. <laughs> I don't think that counts as your turn, though, does it? Does it? Oh, okay. So what else are you doing? After a moment connecting with this beast, beast of the mall, I'm just going to run forward and punch some of them. Okay. <laughs> they can't see in the cloud. That's true. So you have both dark vision and infravision right yeah, now. Yeah, she so has her eyes open. So those combined mean you have no darkness penalties. Yes. She straps her new goggles on because she's going into sand. Which set of eyes? Uh, both of them. Did you get two sets of goggles? No, it's big. Oh, it's it's like the big. big one, right? With the big visor on I it. Yes, yeah. Sure. And I want her to punch several times. I can do two punches with no penalties. I'm going to do that. Six. You don't get the gang up because there are also two of them. Their parry is five, so six will hit. Yes. So that's a d6 and a d4 five their toughness is also five so that will shake him all right now she's gonna whap him with the tail okay oh not good enough that one whiffs okay 
So she has a moment with this animal and charges into the sand cloud. What's the opposite of an uppercut? A downer put. Hammer fist. Yeah, she hammer fists one of them and then tries to like sweep her tail to knock it into its friend, but she miscalculates and it, it goes wide and probably almost hits set. Very nice. She's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> this thing just keeps hissing and chittering at you. And that's the end of the round. Set, you get a nine of diamonds. Sia gets a six of hearts and these creatures get a nine of hearts. Mm. So hearts go before diamonds. The Surlaps are gonna go first. So one of them needs to roll to unshake. Uh, he gets a one, so he fails. The other one, it sees you as the threat because you ran in and started attacking its friend. So it's gonna dive onto the other side of set but it's going for you. Okay. And I'm going to make it wild attack. Go for it. So you're threatening its home. D6 fighting with a plus two. Uh, it's a one. That's bad. I'm going to Benny that. I'll spend my, my second GM Benny here. Another one. God damn it. I got a three. I don't think that's good enough to hit your parry. It is not. All right. And that's its turn. And next up is set. So there's two of these creatures uh, surrounding you. They appear to be starting to swarm over your friend. Oh, I don't like that. Well, the one uh, that just attacked my friend, I'm definitely going to try and stick with a spear. And I think spears have uh, reach. Yeah, they do. Yeah, spear has reach. Uh, you guys are all in close quarters. Like yeah. You're all standing next to each other right now. So I'm going to like take a step back and just try and spear the thing. Just create a little bit of distance. Uh, try and prevent this gang up or whatever. If you move out of its threat range, that does provoke a free attack of opportunity. But it mm. would, you know what? I'll say it, you could probably step in such a way that the one that's shaken would be close to you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I just do that step and then uh, try and stab at the shaken one. That would be the most effective use of my action. That's true. Yeah. And I got the smite. Yeah. Yeah. Plus four. Plus four to damage. Doesn't help on your attack. And their parry is five. Okay. Roll my d6s. I got a five. Excellent. So that'll hit. You can go ahead and roll your damage plus four from the smite. A nine is a hit with a raise that will deal a wound to this already shaken creature and dispatch it. <gasps> so what does that look like? A nonchalant step back on my one heel, a straight thrust at the creature that seems to be dazed a bit. Uh, wait, was that with the minus... No, no. Uh, oh, you you would have had a minus two, I guess, because you're in the total darkness and you have mm. ignored four points, Mel. Yeah, so I would have missed. Yeah, I would have missed. Uh, do you want a Benny? Yeah, you gave me plenty. Plenty, plenty Benny. Benny. <laughs> yeah, especially since I built this character to do a lot of those with the area effects and stuff. I'm all about it, though. Well, mostly with the darkness. But this roll was a five again, so I'll take the miss. Leave that as a watch. Basically, I step back, I take a jab, and I miss. You could always Benny it again. That's true. Uh, yeah, okay. It's a compelling argument. <laughs> oh, there is again. There's always again. Nope, I got two fives that time. So I think that's meant to be a five. So that's a five, not including the, like you rolled a five and then the penalty would take it down? Yeah, the penalty would take it down to a three. Gotcha. Damn. Okay. You see its outline using your static sight mm -hmm. as it's writhing in the darkness. You're just not able to gut it with the spear tip. And that will be its turn. And I think that means that next up is Sia. Mia? You, uh, and you have your animal friend. 
Wonderful. I want the animal friend to keep doing what it's doing, keep that other one distracted. Okay. And she's going to make two attacks with her tail this turn. There are two in the cloud with us, right? Correct. Targeting one each, and she's going to attempt to paralyze them. Okay. Because that's her psychology. So are you, so you're not trying to harm them. You're just trying just to trying apply to paralysis. paralyze them. Okay. If you're doing that, you can treat it as a touch attack, which gives you a plus two to fighting. Okay. So I'll roll some fightings then. Go for it. So I'll have a plus three to these fightings. Themes, right? Thirteen. What? It, yeah. Yeah, I think I, this, I think I it get doesn't it. Matter. If you get at least a five, you're good. Wonderful. And there's an, a raise doesn't help here because it's just a contested roll. It gotcha. has to make a. You stick with a vigor roll, is that right? It's vigor, yeah. Okay. You want to roll for the other one too? Yes. Uh, that's six. So these things need to make a vigor roll, or they're temporarily incapacitated. Yeah. Okay. So first one got a two and fails. Second one blew up a six into an 11 and succeeds. Which was the one that failed? The one that was shaken or the other one? Whichever one she punched. That would be the shaken one. She says as she's swinging her tail around and jabbing one and it freezes up in a midair rictus as it's jumping at him. If we, maybe we don't hurt them. Maybe they won't keep fighting us, right? I still have a bag full of candy. (laughs) And that's your turn. She's not very used to animals in the field. What you just used, your paralysis is your psyology power, It is. And you have the limitation that it can only work on organic or And it's a touch. And it's a touch attack, yeah. Set, you are a five of diamonds. Sia is a king of hearts. Meerkat's five of spades. Do you want to stick with your card or would you like to Benny it? I'll stick with it. Five of diamonds. Okay. Then Sia is up first. She's going to try and paralyze that one again, but both attacks right at it instead. Okay. Here we go. It's eight. And it fails its figure roll. Yes. So it's temporarily twitching on the ground. Wonderful. So she's just standing there and she manages to get get a hit in its center mass, even though it's so tiny and her tail's really beefy. Well, it's dropped. They're dropped. We're, we're fine. And she backs up a little bit. All right. That's your turn. Both of these... Sherlaps are incapacitated uh, and they get to make a vigor roll on each of their turns to break out of it. So, and they both fail. (laughs) So you watch both of them through the the cloud of sand just lying like still like statues on the ground and the other two still just hissing and chirping at each other, eating candy. (laughs) Maybe her animal friend can help convince like, hey, they're cool. They didn't kill you. Be chill. I think it's it's doing that right now. Yeah, it's doing its best. And that's their turn, and uh, it is Seth's turn. I'm gonna just dump candy on top of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bury them in candy. That's great. Yeah, I mean, you can do that as your item interaction. You can definitely dump candy all over them. That's not a problem. It's a drop action. That's a free action, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to do aside from coating them in candy? <laughs> Uh, I want to drop a, I'm going to take the whole bag of candy and just drop it on both of them and then move up to the statue itself. Start trying to check it. See if there's anything like that stands out. Okay, go ahead and make me a notice roll. Ooh, I'm going to Benny that. <laughs> it was worse. Okay, I don't notice anything. You get up there um, and as you're looking at the statue, you can tell like it, it looks golden from far away. But as you're up close, you can see that some of uh, some of the sheen has worn away. So it's probably just like more of a worn brass or something like that. But mm-hmm. he has just a, a very congenial expression on his face and uh, the light ripples off of the, the crystalline shards embedded in his frill. 
and you only see that placard that says Gary Glitter Scale. All right. Uh, so next round, I mean, I feel like with a combination of everything you guys have done, you've you've successfully diffused the situation. Dumping a bag of candy directly, <laughs> like burying them in candies is pretty cool. I think it's, that's fun. I, I'm imagining like that gif of that ferret that's on the stairs that gets a bunch of balls dumped down the stairs from behind it. And it's just standing there like, wow. I don't want to go see that. <laughs> it's very cute. It sounds cute. Oh, I've also seen that in his very, very You guys came up with a fun solution for that. So, yeah, combat can end here. Your two meerkat snake buddies over in the corner still snorting down some candy. What do you want to do with the two that are incapacitated and in piles of candy? Are you just going to leave them where they are? Yeah. She doesn't want to touch them. Hopefully the candy wins them over. Hey, watch the candy pile for me. Yeah, I can do that. She steps back decidedly. And then I'm going to let the sand cloud drop. Okay, very cool. Given how this shook out, you're you're good on that. So everything falls. The Surelaps will eventually shake out of their poison coma, but it'll probably take them a little bit of time. So they'll they'll be kind of passive as you're here. They don't want to be near you, but given that you didn't maim them, I think they'll go over with the others and eat from that separate pile of candy for a little bit. Nice. I did drop off a bunch of candy right into their nest, too. I just you know, <laughs> oh there you go. Oh, that's right. It was in the nest. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be excited about that when they don't have to be right next to you. Mm. Be a nice going away present. <laughs> yeah. Cecilia like salutes off of her forehead at them as they walk away. Her friend nods. <laughs> <laughs> Encounter wink, over. Winks at you. As things spool down, set, you take a little bit of time and you're looking over the statue. And maybe 30 seconds to a minute after things settle down, you hear sort of a rushing of air followed by small wubs in the air. And there is a little mini drone that floats down from somewhere above in the cavern. And it's got a little mini spotlight on it that it puts down on you guys. There is a robotic voice that comes out and it says, Greetings, pilgrims. Do you follow the glittering path? What the fuck? It's uh, specifically looking at set right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, can I make a common knowledge roll before I say yes? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. This would be a common knowledge at... I'll say minus four. Okay, Ooh, cool. It probably should be higher, but I'll stick with minus four. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, my D4, thing, I think it will handle it. It could blow up, man. It, it did. <laughs> to a five. So mm, minus four, that puts me at a one. Damn. Yeah, you're, you're not quite sure what it's talking about. So yes, I'm following it now. I'm delighted to hear this. Behold, the diamond back himself. And then it shines the light at the, the statue in front of you. If you are here to disengage one of the locks on your mechanism, you may find the kiosk behind you. And then it turns and shines the light over into that little pocket area that has not been completely covered in sand and rocks. Start making my way towards it. Behind it, there's a little kiosk that has a cartoon version of Gary Glitterscale, who's up on the statue there. And there's a map that looks like it could be of the region. And there's some script at the top that says the glittering path, the Glitterscale tour. And then there is, it kind of looks like a post office box with a lot of those little empty cubby holes and they're all completely empty. And then there's a little stand next to it that is just a piece of metal sticking straight up into the air and at the top of it it looks like there's a key that's poking out hmm. it's like a fixture with a key on it 
the key is one solid piece of metal. Mm. Like the metal is fixed to the floor and it po- it pokes straight up and at the very top of the tip, which is probably about shoulder level with you, it turns into this little key mechanism. Mm. The floating robot says, Present your crypto tube. Crypto tube. Yes, your crypto tube. You said you follow the glittering path. Oh, uh, I just started. Then where is your crypto tube? Oh, uh. Do you require a crypto tube? Yes. Yes, I need a crypto tube. Ah, so you have not started the glittering path. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, no. I'm curious. I want to start the glittering path. Mm, this pleases me. And it floats through the air next to the statue. Once again, it says, Behold, the Diamondback himself. It floats up into the air and then it shines a light beneath it and a hologram appears. The hologram coalesces into the Karnak that you see before you in statue form, except this one is clearly a pre-recorded message. Hello, my friend. Are you like I was? Ignored and shunned by the world? Downtrodden and spotty? Has all luster faded from your life? Well, you have nothing to fear, for you are not alone. I'm Gary Glitterscale, and my life's work is to make you shine. My dream is to watch you scintillate, and the world bask in your luminosity. It was many years ago that I patented Prism Polish, the salve that shines your scales for a brighter future. Available today and always. But now we must turn our gaze to the future. The light dips down upon the horizon, and as long as we always chase it, it will never fade. Because in the coming months... And then the hologram flickers and kind of crackles and goes... So you too must chase that future. Locate a map of all scheduled stops on the glittering path. The glitter scale tour that's sweeping the net, uh, the region. The hologram points behind you to the kiosk that you were just at. Take your encrypto tube and unseal it by locating all participating locations. Only then will the ultimate secret be revealed to you. Now, my friends, I'll see you next time. Twinkle your way into tomorrow. And he waves his claw and the hologram fades and disappears. And then the uh, the floating robot, there's like an aperture that opens in it and out of it falls this tube through the air, plummeting towards the ground. I'd like to try and catch the tube. Okay, go ahead and uh, make me either athletics or agility. Oh, no, agility is reactive. Yeah, I'll do agility. I got a five. Perfect. How do you snatch this out of the air before it clatters to the ground? How much space is between me and the drone? I was next to the key, I guess. You're probably like five or six feet away from where it was projecting the hologram. Try and lunge forward and snap at it as quick as I can. Your claws close over this tube. It feels weighty, even for a tube like this. And there are a number of holes dotted around the exterior. But other than that, it's painted with what looks like a faux gold and sort of bedazzled with this glittery powder. Twinkles whenever there's light. Is there light? A little bit, yeah, from from up above. Right, right, right. I'm going to pass it from one hand to the other and see if the glitter transfers onto my palms. It's a good question. My heart says maybe it should. I think it's going to be one of those, like, there's always a little bit of residual glitter that comes Mm -hmm. off of it. Listen here, glitter palm. <laughs> now you Gary glitter palm. <laughs> it's how they. No, it's how you're marked. <laughs> oh God! Show me your. Show me your shiny hands. Do you follow the glittering way? May I see your palms? 
never comes off. Then, uh, yeah, I'm going to grab the crypto tube and go over to the key and just uh, see if I can get to fit on there, right? Yeah, I think it takes you uh, a couple of tries to find the right one. Maybe this one's sort of a corkscrew shape, but you can put the crypto tube onto it and turn it and there's a satisfying click. Sia looks enchanted this whole time. She doesn't know what's going on, but she loves every second of it. The robot that's still floating unobtrusively above says, Congratulations on starting your way on the glittering path. Oh, thank you. You have not started the glittering path. Would you like to start the glittering path? No, we got the one. This saddens me. Oh, no, give me one. I want to start. Behold, the Diamondback himself. <laughs> God damn it. Plays the entire recording again. There's no way to fast forward or speed through it. This time, though, when the aperture opens, nothing falls out. Shakes her head a little ruefully. Collect your crypto tube. Oh, got, got it. Thank you. This pleases me. This fucking robot. <laughs> Listen, it's not programmed for anything more. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> can I take the map down? Is it like in a pamphlet? You can definitely take a pamphlet, yeah. The the bigger map was probably similar to the mall kiosk one that just showed where it was. But yeah, I think there can be some tinier ones that were made out of sturdy enough material to survive the test of time. A polymer, laminated. They really went all out on the pamphlets. Nice. Mm -hmm. Given what you know about the region, I don't know if you've ever seen like an aerial map, but you could probably infer that it has one of those things like you are here and points to the dot and you can see that there are other dots. There's a dashed line between them. Yeah, I think there is a dashed line that goes between all of them. It's not like a line that leads further and further away. It looks like they're all in the general vicinity of the region. So it's kind of circular, but there doesn't appear to be any kind of pattern to it. Just a couple of different dots with locations that are not labeled in any way. I would, I think uh, I probably have seen maps before. I mean, I've scoured through things before. So, and I saw the mall map and I decoded that. That's true. I mean, she definitely looked at a map of the area before she made her trip. So maybe she could figure out a little bit of something, something once they have some time to sit down and look at stuff. Probably make some rolls, see what you can suss yeah. out. And the robot just says again, Congratulations on starting your way on the glittering path. Thank you. Unlock the crypto tube to discover the ultimate secret. What do you think the secret is? She gets her nose like real close, like real, real close looking in. Oh, did you say, what do you think the secret is? Or do you think the secret is? Well, I said what, but you know, either, either or. I, I didn't hear the what part. I just heard, do you think the secret is? And I was waiting for like a dramatic pause and a proposal. <laughs> <laughs> dramatic pause. <laughs> I have no idea this. I'm, I'm going to find out. This pleases me. <laughs> <laughs> pleases me too. I mean, this is a good enough way for us to check out more of the uh, fauna of the area that you're interested in. That sounds good to me. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what they were looking into in this glittering path following it sounds pretty cool to me yeah let's uh, try and uh make our way out do you want to go up or do you want to go out up do you, do you have enough goodies as long as we steer clear of this fountain i think we'll probably be fine maybe my new friend will spread the word hmm. you know what there i forgot to say there is one other thing here that you would have noticed set there's a display over by the map with the product prism polish and it's like in a small circular tub Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to try that. I, I need to know what this is. You unscrew it. It looks like it's you know, some sort of coating, maybe an oil. It's, you know, thick, but you spread it and it has that same sort of glitter worked into it. I'm going to smell it. 
and then like dab my tongue with it just a little bit. You smell it, it it definitely smells chemically. Mm-hmm. Like it has chemicals. If you taste it, it doesn't taste very good. It's sort of a, a stingy bite. Oh. It, it doesn't taste good. See is standing there with a thumb on her chin watching you lick this <laughs> this thing you just found. Yeah, I mean you guys you guys had slapples, so <laughs> true. this is no slapple. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna try and eat the slapple if I have an extra piece of slapple left. You can grab some from the candy pile. Yeah. <laughs> you can collect more candy on your way out if you want to. That's oh, man. Do we want to try and go up out the light if that's possible? Or if do we Ooh. go back through the mall? Oh, well, we do still have those boards. Oh, yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go pick those up. We should probably go back. Yeah. If you guys wanted to try to get up through the light, you could. But it's it would be a bit of a feat. Like it's it's I very uh, I guess you could instantly then. Um, <laughs> I could drop down my rope that we cut up. <laughs> if you guys wanted to take that route, you definitely could. It's up to you. Okay, so you guys are heading back up the way you came to collect all of your goodies on the way out. Is that about right? I think so. Unless there's anything else that catches our eyes and we just grab and describe it a later time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So you've got delicious sodas. Do you get more candy to replace the stuff that you dumped for the the meerkat snakes? Absolutely. So you guys are heading back up the way you came towards the entrance, right? Yes. We'll stop and get just a little bit more candy. I don't want to overload myself at this point. The reason I had as much candy as I did was mostly because in case those creatures came forward. <laughs> You've got your Santa sack of delicious treats and other other items. You're able to make your way up out of the subterranean mall without any further incidents. As you exit the cavern back into the desert air, you note that the light has shifted and it's far darker than it was earlier. The wind is picking up and you can see a whirling sandstorm blowing its way in this direction. And there is a warbling in the air around you, almost a vibration that rattles your bones. Approaching from your right, which is the opposite direction of the sandstorm, is an enormous beetle the size of several trucks. Huh. It is a floating tank with a glimmering carapace. Its shell curls upward, creating a scoop-like frill, the underside of which glows and throws off more energy, keeping it aloft. And there is a rider standing atop the beetle's head, staring down at you. A hulking figure dressed in the matching beetle armor, clenching a metal staff in one hand, and his amplified voice washes over you as you appear from the cavern. Greetings, thieves, tomb plunderers, and or scavengers. I am the custodian, caretaker of blasphemous trash, entrusted with ensuring it remains in the garbage heap from whence it came. Desist in your looting and place your tainted gains upon the ground immediately, or I will be forced to dispose of you as refuse as well. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the outro of this episode of Silica Valley. First off, I'd like to say thank you to Chase Absher for playing Set. Silica Valley has been such a joy to produce, and I love the story we're telling. It's super fun. It's so different from Neon Heat and Absolute Zero, but the vibes remain immaculate. Music featured on this show is by Marcus D. As always, can be found at MarcusD.net and at MarcusD on Twitter. Marcus D is a very cool guy. You should give him a follow. Savage Worlds is owned by the 
Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and you can find them and their products online at pegging.com. If you'd like to hear more Silica Valley, well, 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 my friends, you can head right on over to patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. Silica Valley and Absolute Zero both have completed first seasons with ongoing episodes posting. And speaking of patrons, I have several I would love to thank. Thank you so much, Michael, Chase, Valentine, and Ezra. Your support means so much to us and it helps keep the lights on. Thank you also to Caleb Sunstead, Jackie, Davriel, Zach, Ben Hatton, and Paxton. It's an honor being friends with you guys. You can find us on Twitter at RPG for you and me. You can find myself on Twitter at you see the hat. And y'all, I think that's about it for this week. We got another Silica Valley coming at you in two weeks as we spool up for production on Neon Heat Season 4. Have a good one, you guys.